Hello, family, and welcome to Kingwood Methodist. In John 4, 23, Jesus states that a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. As we gather at church and open God's Word, we are not just coming together for the sake of gathering, but also to learn the truth of God and how we can grow to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. As we continually surrender our lives to the Word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become the types of worshipers our Heavenly Father seeks. Let's dive in together. Imagine this scene. It's a, a, small, a, a little cathedral, a, a fairly big cathedral, in East London in 1775. 1,800 people are packed into this space, wall to wall, standing room only, meant for about 800 people. There's a buzz about the crowd as they gather from all over London. They've been anticipating this moment for months. They've gathered with their small groups to pray and to fast for this moment. It's as if God was about to do something real. It was, their fasting was a sort of preparation, a, a drying of the wood, if you will, for uh, the people, the gathering of kindling for the fire of the Holy Spirit to, to fall down on them. This gathering was the, the first ever covenant renewal service in the burgeoning Methodist movement in 1775. They gathered for a chance to renew their commitment to Christ, to confess, to repent, to reflect, and ultimately to meet with God. There at that first gathering, Wesley wrote a prayer, a prayer that was the, the centerpiece for their reflection, a centerpiece for the gathering, a centerpiece for how they would respond to God. And he wrote these words, these words that we've prayed over the last few weeks. He wrote, put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full or let me be empty. Let me have all things or let me have nothing. I heartily, I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine, so be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. This prayer has been prayed every year since then by Methodist churches all around the globe as they come to meet with God, as they seek after the face of God and surrender themselves before God. This is what we come and gather to do every morning as we come and worship before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This became the focal point for their gatherings and for that gathering specifically, they would, that night they would meditate on these words. They would meditate and reflect on the, the holy movement of God as he would lead them into lives of surrender to Jesus. Hours went by. 
They continued late into the night with travailing prayer, asking this prayer of God that that God would soften their hearts and actually make this true in the places that they didn't believe it. Wesley would write later in his journal about this covenant service. He said, many mourned before God that night. Many were comforted. It was an occasion for a variety of spiritual experiences. I don't know that ever have we had a greater blessing. Afterwards, many returned thanks, either for a sense of pardon, for full salvation, or for a fresh manifestation of his graces and healing all of their backslidings. All of this, friends, all of this from a a communal and individual desire to seek after the Lord, an open heart willing to hear and receive what God might have for them as they enter into the throne room of heaven. As we continue this series called Spiritual Detox, maybe our greatest path towards ridding our lives of all of the the clutter that gets in the way of us seeking after God is to have our eyes affixed, to have a, a proper pursuit, to seek after God with a desire to surrender. As we look into the word of God today, We're not gonna be uh, really diving into a single text. Usually I love to open up the word and uh, take a single text and work kind of through it exegetically. Um, But today I wanna look at a concept that's written all throughout scripture that was uh, given to not just the Israelite people, but was a a foundation for the earliest early Methodist movement. And I believe, church, that is a, a profound word for us here today, not only as we live in community, but also as we seek after the Lord personally. Today, we're gonna look at what it means for us to seek after God. Since uh, since our separation in the garden, we have had a a challenge with seeking after God. In In the garden, we once walked with God in person in the cool of the morning, it says. And at the separation, now we seek him. In a world of distractedness and brokenness, It is important now more than ever that we learn to seek after God. In a world of division and pride, we are called to seek him first. In a world of hyper-individualism and isolation where we can do whatever we want because it's right for me, in a world of isolation where people are interacting with their devices only, it is now more than ever a call for us to seek after God, not just individually, but communally as a body of Christ. This is a call from God, from the word of God. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, as we open up the word of God, as we see the ways you call us to seek after you, God, would you illuminate these words for us? God, would you teach us, train us, and equip us for the work of ministry in the world? Break down those barriers to keep us from seeking after you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we ask these things. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's look to the word of God. Uh, The first time that we see the word uh, seek God, seek me, the command from God is in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 29, we have a a people who have have entered into the promised land and 
God knows that as you enter into the promised land, there are, uh, there are all sorts of false gods. There are all sorts of uh, different idols from different nations that have occupied that area. And he, he gives uh, the Israelite people two paths. The first path is to continue to worship these idols, to live in disobedience, to live outside of the covenant of God, or in verse 29, he says, but if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. If you seek him with all your heart and with all of your soul. David says in Psalm 105, 4, he says, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Psalm 119, 10 says, seek I seek, you, uh, I seek you earnestly. This is a, a prayer to God. I seek you earnestly. Do not let me stray from your commands. Psalm 119.11, one of my favorite passages says, I hide God's word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Psalm 27.4 says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and to gaze upon the beauty of of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Job, Job's friend gives him advice in Job 8 and 5. He says, but, but if you will seek God earnestly and plead with the Almighty. Luke 11, uh, a, a parallel gospel to what Ryan read earlier. We didn't plan this, but uh, that's the way the Holy Spirit works, right? Luke 11, 9 through 10 says, so So I say to you, Jesus speaking to the people, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, anyone who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And finally, I say finally, but we could continue on and on and on and on all throughout scripture of places where God calls his people to seek after him. But a people who have turned their back on God, the Israelite people in this time, the prophet Amos comes to them with the word of the Lord saying, for thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, these simple words, seek me and live. Seek me and live. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. All throughout scripture, we see this command, this call for his people to seek after him. But if we're being honest, if we're being honest, sometimes this is a challenge for us. Sometimes it's difficult for us to seek after God in such a busy and overcommitted world in which we live. Sometimes seeking is more arduous than we hoped for. Early in my youth ministry career, we would take these trips to a, a camp called CFAT. And it's out in, out in Alabama, and it's this uh, third world kind of mission experience camp. Uh, we'd take about 30 students, and uh, as we went, we would stay the night in this Wesley Center. And uh, the kids loved to play hide and seek in this space. It was an old building, so the uh, emergency lights didn't really work, so it got real, real dark, right? And so uh, all the kids went out and they started hiding. Um, I had, it, this, it was like a rule on this trip that we would only take um, high schoolers. But I had made one exception for one kid uh, to bring an eighth grader. And she was this tiny little eighth grader. 
Uh, and so we're, everybody's hiding, um, and the game of hide-and-seek goes great. It's so much fun. People are jumping out at each other, and it's, it, it's scaring each other, and everybody's laughing, and we all, we, the lights come on because everybody's been found, and we're laughing about it, talking about it. We look around, and we're like, where's Randy, our eighth grader that we brought on this trip? And she is nowhere to be found. We cannot find her at all. We have searched for her. And so we flip, the lights are on. We send everybody out a search party to find uh, Randy. And nobody can find her. 30 minutes we search for her. I am beginning to sweat bullets. I am panicked. I'm like, I brought this eighth grader. I promised her mom that I'd take care of her, right? And we cannot find her anywhere. And all of a sudden we start hearing the tapping on a piece of metal. We're like, come out, come out, where are you? She won't come out. She has wedged herself in behind a drinking fountain in a hole in the wall between the the pieces of sheetrock. We finally find her and I breathe this sigh of relief. She has been elusive. She has been toying with us this whole time, just waiting for us to find her. I was so mad. I was so mad. Like, kind of proud, but also so mad. Isn't our relationship with God sometimes that way? That we feel like we are searching, and oftentimes we feel like He's just out of reach, like He's hidden, like He's toying with us almost. Like his promises are, are there. We see them in scripture, but where are they for me, God? If we're being honest, sometimes the Jesus that we see in scripture seems so distant from what we experience in our real lives. We see the big miracles and we see these profound statements that are directed right at this appropriate time. But God, where are you for me? It seems like we are missing something in this equation. As we look a little bit closer at the text, though, we see these key modifiers when God tells his people to seek him. Seek me with all of your heart and all of your soul. Seek me continually. Seek me earnestly. Seek me always. You see, there's a a different attitude to the seeking that helps us to understand what it means to, to find God. Church, what modifiers do you place on your pursuit of God? I'll go first. When I have time. While I'm driving and I'm half focused on the road and the, the crazy drivers of Houston, but also trying to pray as well. And thinking about all of the things that are going on in my day and my schedule and uh, using this quiet time as prayer and seeking God, half focused on what God might have for me. Maybe when tragedy strikes or things happen in our lives that we, we can't do it anymore on our own. And it brings us to a place of actually beginning to seek. I'll confess, oftentimes for me, it is for work. I seek God so that I can present something before you. And God needs to remind me that the way that I've called you to seek me is not for something in return, but simply to seek after me continually 
with my whole heart, earnestly and always. Believe it or not, the enemy is really good at doing a a wicked job of filling my day with unholy distractions. I mean, not all bad distractions, like Chief's podcast, you know. uh, uh, Somebody was telling me, uh, in case you didn't know, there's a big game today. So we'll be out of here before two, I promise. Somebody was telling me, you're not wearing any Chief's gear. I said, you didn't look at my socks, right? I I, I pulled, but, you know, I'm not going to go there. can fill our day with so many distractions that we don't even begin to seek after him. The death scrolling on Instagram, the the searching on Facebook, the looking at all of our notifications to see who commented on that picture that we posted or, or even worse, shopping for things on Amazon that we don't even need, right? The enemy's greatest work is to fill your life with needless distractions. He needs not to convince you that it's pointless to seek after God. He just needs to keep the notion of seeking God completely out of your head. The enemy's greatest work is to convince you even that the verse of the day that pops up on your Bible app is sufficient for earnestly seeking the Lord. So often, in our seeking after God, we operate like my kids when they're looking for their shoes before it's time to leave, right? They, we tell them it's upstairs and so they look upstairs and they go like this, right? I didn't find my shoes, mom, right? Or actually that's me looking for my wallet. Um, <laughs> If you want to find God, it's not flippant. It's with all of our heart, continually, earnestly, always. The biblical notion of seeking God is more than prayer and opening the word of God and studying. It is a, it is a posture of our hearts. It is a, a holistic approach to our lives. It fills our day. It fills our thoughts. It's, a, it's the antennas that are always up listening to what God might have for us in the day and being obedient to respond. That is seeking after God. It's not, not 10 minutes in the morning or uh, 10 minutes to close the day. That, that is good. But that's not the biblical notion of seeking. It is always continual. It is earnest. It is with our whole heart, with our whole lives. It is obedience when we feel the nudge of the Spirit throughout the day. It is going out, to, going out of your way to serve someone, even at your own inconvenience. It is missional. It is evangelical. It is uh, devotional in the quiet of, the, of your study. It is even restful. When we turn off our cell phones, we put them aside and just sit and be with God. It is imaginative. As we close our eyes and we enter into the throne room of God, we seek God with our creativity. Friends, it's also communal. In an individualist world, maybe the greatest way that you can seek the Lord is in community. It's in community. 
coming together like that, that first gathering of the, the covenant renewal service, eager to anticipate the Spirit, eager to, to, for the Spirit to pour itself out on us, that we come together uh, after praying and fasting together, seeking after God together as a, a, a body of Christ centered around the throne room of God, desiring for God to move. We learn from one another as we seek God together in community. So if you don't know what it means to seek after God, if you, if you have difficulty seeking after God, maybe begin in community. Begin with a group of people who are walking that together that they can rub off on you. Maybe, uh, maybe a mom's on the grow or a, um, a small group, a, a mortal life group. We're this, this, this fall, we're kind of uh, organically relaunching our mortal life groups. If you're interested in getting involved in a, a small group of people, come and find me because we'd love to get you connected into groups that are pursuing Christ, that are seeking God together. Healing and prayer services, the second, to, second Sunday of every month. In fact, uh, in April, we are partnering with, um, with Woodridge Baptist Church, with First Baptist Church in town, with a few other churches in the surrounding area to all come together for a, a night of prayer and worship. Um, that's beginning in April, I think the third Sunday in April. Excited for that, to seek after the Lord together. If you're a, a guy who goes to work uh, or doesn't go to work, that's fine too. On Friday mornings at nine or at, at uh, six and seven, there's a group that meets called AHP that, that seeks God together. Friends, when we earnestly seek after God, God meets us exactly where we are. He knows what we need. And I love the words from John Wesley in his journal where he told about what each person received. It was different. They all came just to seek after God, but they all received something completely different from that time. What good and gracious God, if you come desiring bread, will give you a rock. God knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what is on your heart and he is faithful and just to bring it to you. But oftentimes, if we're being honest, we don't even seek God. We don't seek God because we kind of have it figured out. We have it all together. I, I was um, asking this question with a group uh, of friends and we shot a text message and uh, some different responses came back uh, about what it means for us, what is keeping us from seeking the Lord. And often, and many of them said, oftentimes we know that we ought to, but practically we don't because we haven't missed the car payment yet. We my kids are healthy, my job is secure, I'm doing all right. And when I do open the word, it leaves me feeling convicted, which I'm not sure that I want. Or maybe that verse of the day is all that I have time for. My day is just too busy and I don't have time to really seek after God. We know that that's an irrational thought because we, we do whatever we prioritize in our lives. 
So if we make God a priority, if we make seeking after the Lord a priority, in Amos 5, I love those pointed words. I'm gonna close with this. In Amos 5, he calls the church to seek me and live. Church, do you believe? Do you believe that God has blessings that the world cannot give? If you believe that God has blessings that the world cannot give, then seeking God must be a priority for us as we live out our lives. Because God has a whole life that he desires for us to experience and to know. And a life without seeking God, we can never experience the fullness of life that he promises in John 10, 10. For I've come that you may have life and life to the fullest. So today, as, as we come to the altar, as we come and receive communion, what is it that you are seeking? As you seek the Lord today, what is it that you are seeking? Maybe for you, like the words of Wesley, you are seeking to return thanks for all that he has done in your life, for all that you have seen, for all that you have heard, all that he has blessed you with and all that you've experienced to to return thanks to God in that time. Maybe, maybe you are seeking the pardon of sin. You've been wearing a burden for too long of unconfessed sin and you need to be unburdened today. Maybe, as you come before God, as you seek after God, as you move forward in communion, you recognize that you have been avoiding the face of Jesus for years. In pursuit of truth, and he has spoken into your heart to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Maybe, just maybe today, as we seek the Lord together, maybe the beginning of a road back to Jesus. Friends, may we be a church that seeks the Lord and lives with the fullness of life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.